Raiders interim head coach Rich Bisaccia, he meets with the media. You'll hear from him, and I'll give you my takeaways. Also, two-time Super Bowl champ Jim Plunkett, he joins the show. Plus, calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, all coming up on today's show, the Lockdown Raiders podcast for Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. Your Lockdown Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. And welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Again, December 7th, 2021. I'd like to thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Coming off Monday night football action. I know the Raiders weren't involved, but it was AFC, so I was definitely locked in and paying attention. The Patriots come away with the victory over the Buffalo Bills, 14-10. Improved to 9-4 on the season. And what I thought was even more impressive, more impressive than the fact that a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones is nine and four on the season more impressive than the fact that the Patriots are in first place in the AFC East and the AFC in general but how about the fact that Mac Jones completes two out of three passes for 19 yards and the Patriots win how about the Patriots run the ball 45 times on way to victory I mean, that is so damn impressive, something that you won't see again. I just got to give them a lot of credit. They knew the elements that they were going up against with the Buffalo Bills. It was nasty. The weather was crazy. It was cold and windy, and they found a way to get it done. 45 rushing attempts opposed to three passes, and they come away with a 14-10 victory and are sitting there at 9-4. and If you're looking at the AFC playoff picture right now after 13 weeks, and uh, this does involve the Raiders, not that uh, it looks good for the silver and black, but still, if you're keeping up, the Patriots are in first nine and four the titans are in second at eight and four the ravens and chiefs also sitting there at eight and four the ravens are third and the chiefs are fourth the chargers are seven and five and fifth the Bengals are seven and five and six and the buffalo bills are now seventh at seven and five those are the teams that are in the playoffs for teams that are on the outside looking in the colts seven and six they're sitting there at number eight they'll be facing the raiders pretty soon the steelers who the raiders already beat six five and one they're there at nine and then there's the silver and blacks in there at 10 at six and six with the broncos at 11 and six and six the browns who will be playing the raiders in a couple weeks at six and six and the dolphins there at six and seven to round things off so uh, the raiders are still on the outside looking in of course it doesn't look good just based off what they've been doing as of late but They're still in the hunt. Again, they have the tiebreaker over the Steelers. They have the tiebreaker over the Ravens. Uh, The Chargers have the tiebreaker. The Bengals have the tiebreaker over them. The Chiefs have the tiebreaker over them. But uh, they're still on the outside looking in technically. But just had to give some props to the Patriots for what they were able to do on Monday Night Football. And again, this AFC conference is just so bunched up and it could change so quick so fast, and so much in a hurry. Now, focusing on the silver and black, interim head coach Rich Basaccia, he met with the media on Monday. I was in attendance. It was at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Mondays. He's the only one that meets with the media. And then on Wednesday, he'll meet. Derek Carr will meet. And there'll be other players that will meet as well uh, throughout the rest of the week. Gus Bradley and Greg Olson will meet. And then Rich Basaccia will close things down on Friday. So off top, he gave an injury report, which is obviously very important, especially when you're thinking about Darren Waller. Is he going to be available this week as the Raiders travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs? So here's Rich Basaccia, his opening statements on the injuries. Um, first, um, as of right now, these guys would be day-to-day. Um, Waller, uh, Patrick, um, Perryman, Nick Kwiatkowski, Nassip, and uh, Corey Littleton. Um, we know of Kenyon Drake uh, is going to need surgery. 
He'll be leaving in a few days, I think, going to Birmingham to take care of his um, ankle. And then uh, two guys we hope to have back in practice. We got uh, Mullen back a little bit last week. We're hoping to get a little bit more to him. Hopefully it looks better at the end of the week, and we'll get Phylon back, it looks like, on Wednesday and have a report about how he does by the end of the week. So there you go. You hear the injury report right there from interim head coach Rich Basaccia talking about Darren Waller, Patrick Owasu, Denzel Perriman, Nick Wachowski, Carl Nassib, and Corey Littleton. All those guys day-to-day. Uh, clearly, Darren Waller is the big dog. He's the one that everyone wants to pay attention to, see what's going on. Denzel Perryman, uh, that's a big deal as well. He's dealing with the ankle injury. You want to see him back. He's the leading tackler uh, for the Raiders, so you definitely want to see him out there. Carl Nassib, he's important as well. If he can't go, maybe Malcolm Koontz gets a little bit more action. And then Corey Littleton, the line linebacker he's a guy that you want to see out there as well you got to have as much depth as possible at that linebacking position now Kenyon Drake he's out for the season with the broken ankle he's going to go have surgery in uh, Alabama and then Trayvon Mullen Darius Phylon hoping to get back this week that's not guaranteed they got to continue to work throughout the course of the week see if they can get a little bit more practice in which everything will get started on Wednesday so Rich Passaccia was asked about Darren Waller being day-to-day if that signals that there is improvement with the big time tight end yeah I'd like to think so you know he's dealing with two things he's dealing with the knee and the oblique or the, the rib whichever one it is and and he got continually a little bit better towards the end of the week that's kind of why we kept him in a day-to-day and then visiting with Chris today our, our trainer same deal and I just saw Waller a little bit and, and I think he'll get hopefully going maybe out of the pool here in a few days um, or maybe even tomorrow but yeah I'd like to keep him day-to-day he's kind of earned the right to be day-to-day and let us know how he feels as we get going through the week. So not necessarily the most positive day-to-day. It sounds like there's a slight chance. That's just the way I interpreted that. As I was sitting in the media room, listening to Rich Basaccia say that, it felt to me like there's a slight chance that he may be able to go on Sunday, but it doesn't sound good. You know, he's talking about getting him out of the pool. Hopefully he can get him out of the pool. I just, again, don't have real high hopes that Darren Waller is going to be able to go against Kansas City. And look, if he's not ready to go, you don't want to throw him out there. I mean, he's dealing with the knee injury, but he's also dealing with the, the oblique slash rib injury that that Rich Basaccia was talking about and so you you don't want to put him out there in harm's way but of course if you're the Raiders you want to have him out there because he's such a big time weapon and they're going to need all the weapons they can get on Sunday and so another conversation that we've been having we had it on the podcast we had it on the radio station on Monday is just about the slow starts you heard uh, Rich Basaccia talking about it on Sunday following the game you heard Josh Jacobs talk about it following the game so Rich was asked what could be behind the slow starts has he been able to put his finger on what is going on with the slow starts that the Raiders are having well I don't really know if it's one particular thing you know we tried to like I said different things in practice to try to get us going a little bit faster earlier some of those things Dallas game, we come out first drive, we hit the shot, we have a big play and touchdown. This week, you know, defensively started off for us, gave up two explosive plays. Next thing you know, we're down 7-0. So we're going to look at all those things again, see what we can try to um, spruce up practice a little bit or something we can do, um, you know, with the coin toss, I don't know, to get us going where we can have uh, maybe some more success earlier. So not a lot of answers as far as it goes with the slow starts. You know, you heard him right there at the end talk about even the coin toss. Most of the time, the Raiders have been winning the coin toss. They've been deferring to the second half. I like that approach. I think that's great, you know, to be able to go out there and and do what you do in the first half and know that coming out of the locker room, you're going to get the ball first. But the fortunately for the Raiders, they haven't been able to take advantage of that. They haven't been able to come out of the the locker room in the third quarter and punch it in the end zone consistently or even put points up on the board consistently. So that's that's what the whole point is if you're going to do that and defer. They haven't been able to do that. So maybe it is a point where they need to go ahead and just, if they win the coin toss, they need to accept it. Now, one thing that I asked, and I don't think that Rich had a great answer for it, but uh, I had to ask him. I felt like Josh Jacobs opened the door where I was 
able to ask him in a respectful way about the comments that Jacobs made on Sunday night about the team coasting and playing stiff. What was Rich Bisaccia's thoughts on that? Yeah, again, I, you know, certainly respect Josh's thoughts, and I'm not really sure what coast means, to be honest with you. Um, we didn't get off to a very good start on offense, so um, he's entitled to his opinion. And uh, we'd all like to fa- start faster. We'd all like to finish a lot faster than we have as well. So we'll see what the future brings in those two categories. So clearly Rich Basaccia didn't believe or didn't agree with what Josh Jacobs said. But And even went to the point of saying, I don't know what coast means. Well, coast means that you're just cruising into a game. Coast means that you're not really you know, buckling down and locking in on that, uh, on that game and coming out of the locker room with your hair on fire. Something that I had a very long discussion about on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Monday. I, I, I kind of went into almost a rant mode where it's like, hey, I don't know why it takes you know, someone to have to fire this team up, but clearly something or someone needs to do it, and I don't know if they have that person that can get it done. I mean, this team does not come out of the locker room with their hair on fire and that's offensively or defensively and I don't understand it but that's what Josh Jacobs means when he's talking about coasting and playing stiff he wants to see some energy and some swagger out of those guys coming out of the locker room and it's just not there so hopefully I don't know what they do if it's something in practice they do if it's something they do different with the coin flip like you mentioned I don't know what it is attention to detail it's got to be something because it's just not going to get it done they got a handful of games left all against AFC opponents and they literally need to come out of the locker room each and every week with their hair on fire. The last soundbite I want you to hear from interim head coach Rich Basaccia from Monday was about Devon Diablo and Malcolm Coons, two rookies that all of a sudden are starting to get some extended burn. Malcolm Coons picked up his first sack of the season in his first game of play. Devon Diablo had a lot more plays and a lot more snaps than he's had so far throughout the course of the season. So here's Rich Basaccia's thoughts on those guys. Devon's been coming out in practice all the time to get a lot more reps, certainly the will linebacker. He had a chance to go in there and, and play for us a little bit when we had some injuries and we thought he did a good job. You know, and he kept his role teams as well. It was good to see Malcolm finally get up there and, and uh, have a chance to make a play and ends up having a good job on the sack and he had some punt rushes for us as well. So we'll see what injuries do for us as we go through the next few days in practice, see who we end up with dressing for us in the game. So you're starting to hear and see a little bit more of the rookies uh, from the 2021 class, Malcolm Kuntz and Devon Diablo, two guys that could potentially have, you know, a nice NFL career. I think Malcolm Kuntz is going to play a nice role rushing the passer, and Devon Diablo is kind of uh, one of those guys that is, uh, you know, he could play multiple roles on that defense. So I think that they do have places on the team, and you'll probably see them more and more down the stretch, especially with injuries as they're starting to pile up for the silver and black. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, I want you to hear my conversation I had with Jim Plunkett on Monday on Radio Nation Radio 920. And it's because we really deep dove into the offense, the slow starts, you know, not pushing the ball down the field, not taking chances. Talked about a lot, and I thought Jim Plunkett uh, gave us a lot of really good answers, including, you know, the locker room, the mentality, uh, what Tom Flores would do if the team needed a little bit extra boost. I, I just thought it was a really good conversation with Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ, also Super Bowl MVP. So you're going to hear that in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get to that, I want to tell you about Boost Mobile. And you know you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, right? You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone. You can listen to all the latest episodes, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too and the power of one of America's largest 5G network so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all the money that you'll save and all the knowledge that you'll gain, how powerful will you become? Well, you got to switch to Boost Mobile and you'll find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy 832 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. 
Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers covers not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. I also want to remind you that Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Wanted to do in this segment, I wanted to share my conversation I had with the great Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP. Had him on my radio show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 on Monday, Unnecessary Roughness, 2 to 4 p.m. I do it on the daily, and uh, I don't always share the conversation I have with Jim, but I thought this one was a really good one, especially coming off the performance offensively that the Raiders had on Sunday. I thought that you could really learn a lot from what Jim Plunkett saw as he was in attendance at the game uh, it was his birthday uh, the whole crowd sang happy birthday to him but I and I asked him about that but I, I just want to play the part to you where I actually get involved and get deep into the offense and the team in general as they're sitting there at six and six with five more games left to go all AFC games so uh, here is that conversation with the great Jim Plunkett I'm always excited to talk to you for multiple reasons, and, and something you've said to me multiple times is, you know, the sidelines, the horizontal passes, they got to get rid of that and start going down the field, getting the ball in the end zone, and, and the, the Raiders just aren't doing that. Do you see a, a particular thing? Did you see anything in that game from Washington that they were doing so well that stopped Derek and, and that offense from stretching the field? Uh, you know, it's, you know it's, normally that usually comes down to pressure uh, by the defensive line and, and or if they blitz. Uh, that as well, you know, you put pressure on a quarterback, uh, sometimes he just doesn't have enough time, but you know, you got to hang in there as long as you can and try and find somebody down the field, because eventually our guys can beat no matter who's covering them, uh, if, if the quarterback's given enough time, you know, he completed 28 passes for just 249 yards, and you know, sometimes that just does not get it done, that means a lot of short passes were thrown, a lot of passes came up short for first downs. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to take your chances down that field and, and get them weary about somebody getting behind them. And, and that's what I kind of was alluding to earlier in the show is, you know, Al Davis said that we're not going to take what the defense gives us. We're going to take what we want. At yeah, some point, I feel like they got to have that mentality. Yeah, oh, no doubt. You know, uh, you know, Washington's a good defensive ball club. Uh, you know, they show up each and every week uh, playing pretty good D. And, uh, you know, so what kind of thing, you know. Uh, your attitude is stretch that field, get the – You've got the receivers to be able to get down the field. Uh, and let's put the fear of God in them that you're going to go by them. You know, normally they're waiting for you to run a pass up a route underneath them, and, and they come up and make the tackle. But you got to put some uh, a little bit of uh, fear in them that you're going to go by them at any given play. Talking right now with the two-time Super Bowl champion Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, you know, uh, something that Josh Jacobs said last night in the post-game media session was he said that the team needed uh, like a spark or some swagger. It came out, he said they come out and, and they're just, they're stiff. They're not playing fired up. 
How do you get the team lathered up and, and coming out of the locker room with your hair on fire? How do you get them to jump and get that jump start and get going early? Well, you know, it all stems from the leaders on the football team. Some guys are quiet. Some guys are the team leaders and, and always have something to say. And, you know, that's part of it. And then it's going out there and doing your job. Uh, you know, it, it took them a long time to get on the board, uh, very sluggish offensively. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's not the Raider way, so to speak, is to use some old terms. Uh, you know, go after them, uh, put the fear of God in them that you're going to go buy them on any, uh, on any passing route, and, uh, you know, they'll lay off. Once they get beat deep, uh, they're going to be hanging back a little bit further. And, you know, that, that's the attitude that, you know, you have to have offensively. You know, and, and your head coach, Tom Flores, wasn't a big rah-rah guy. He was a pretty quiet guy. But you guys were right. You guys came out of that locker room right. Was that the combination of the coaching and the players? Was that the players just self-starters? What was the reason why you guys came out lathered up? Well, I think we had a lot of self-starters. I guess you have a good point there. You know, guys who uh, were fired up uh, from the get-go. Uh, you know, and the coach puts you in the right frame of mind. There's no doubt about it. You know, John, John Madden was, you know, a yeller and a screamer, and, you know, that's the way he motivated his players. Tom was, a, you know, a, a calm influence on the team, but he was a very determined kind of guy, and you get that feeling that, you know, he got you ready for this ball game. Now go out and play the way you practice, and, you know, you're going to win the football game. What do you think Coach Flores would tell this bunch right now with the handful of AFC games left? They're 6-6. Six and six. What, would, what would he tell them to try to get them right and prepare for this home stretch? Well, you know, you've got an opportunity to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, uh, concentrate on your job uh, each and every play when you're out there on the practice field and then execute when you, once you take the field. Uh, you know, make sure that you know what you're supposed to do on each and every play and get the job done, you know. Uh, and, you know, when the quarterback doesn't have enough time to throw, he's got to dump it off. And so the offense has got to get the mindset that, you know, you know they've got to block tougher, not let pressure get to the quarterback so he has time to find his receivers downfield. And, uh, you know, everybody's got to do their job. And that's basically how you approach it, you know. Uh, nobody wants to give up a sack, so they're, they're determined not to let anybody get to the quarterback on the offensive line. Uh, the receiver's got to get open, and, you know, everybody just do their job. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Something else that has stood out to me in a major way is that the Raiders don't have a great win-loss record at home right now at Allegiant Stadium. How important is that, Jim, to establish that, that home field advantage by winning games, not just having fans there, but winning games and making it a place that teams know there's a good chance they're going to lose when they walk in your building? Uh, you know, I think that's a very important point. Uh, you know, make sure that, you know, you win those home games. Uh, you're in front of your own fans. You don't have to travel. You know, so some of those things on, on benefit the home team, obviously. And, and the Raiders got to get a little tougher at home. Um, you know, I don't know what it is. You know, hopefully it's not uh, too many distractions in Las Vegas. Uh, but, you know, it's important to win at home. Uh, make sure that, you know, nobody steps on your field, comes away a winner. And, uh, you, know, that's, you know, that's also a mindset. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about mindset a few times. We talked about it in the red zone. We talked about it just in general, just taking, you know, taking what you want instead of what the defense is giving you. Right. It, it, to, to me, it's just it's like the defense held them, you know, were close enough. They, they kept them in the game, and then they just couldn't get anything generated. It felt like to me that they played into the hands of Washington's defense. Yeah, you know, I think you're absolutely right. You know, come away with touchdowns, not field goals, uh, and – Put the other team, uh, put a little fear of God in the other team uh, when you get inside the 20-yard line. Uh, you know, I think that's very important. And, you know, so for some reason the Raiders just haven't been able to do that. One of the big keys to the game I had going into it was at some point you're just going to have to take a chance. 
You know, sometime it's going to be a fourth and three. You're just going to have to go for it instead of settle for that field goal. Do you think that the team offensively should be taking a few more chances, like, like I said, on a fourth down or so? Uh, you know, I, well, on a fourth down, it depends on where you're on the field and, and, and how the game stands at that point. But, but I'm with you on putting the ball down the field. You know, uh, Derek Carr had 28 completions, but really only for 249 yards. When you have that many completions, you know, you're going to be, you know, in the 300s almost for sure. But there's a lot of lateral uh, passing. Uh, it's a lateral passing game to a certain extent. And, you know, to me, that's not just getting the, the, the job done. You, you've got to take your chances down the field. If you connect, great. But at least you're going to have them play off you the next time uh, you call a pass play. And, uh, you know, it's very important to find those, those scenes down the field. And you've got guys you can run and run past other people or run great routes down the field and come up with big plays. Hunter Renfro had a, had a I thought it was a fabulous game, came up with some great catches. But, you know, then the second leading receiver, you go all the way down to Josh Jacobs, you know, for 38 yards. And so, you know, you need the other players to chip in and, and help move that football down the field. Yeah, no, you really do. And, again, the red zone's been a problem. Stretching the field has been a problem. Uh, just getting the, the offense jump-started for the most part. Outside of the Dallas game, I mean, it's really uh, been a problem. And so, so, Jim, you have a handful of games left. You have five left. They're all AFC games, and you're the leader of the team. What is your message to the locker room to keep everybody together for this final stretch? Well, you know, you know I'm not, I've never been a big talker in the locker room. You know, I, I come up to the guys that, you know, uh, and, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, getting the job done, make sure you know you're – your job on each and every play, and uh, you know, you just give me time. I'll find somebody down the football field, and I'm sure Derek Carr approaches it the same way. You know, they've got to protect the quarterback, they've got to run their routes, and they've got to find a way to get open. And you know, and you're one team, you got to stick together. You know, sometimes you get a little down, but you know, you just as a quarterback, you know, you're the you're you're the usually on most teams, you're the leader, and you got to go out and let them know that you give me the time to throw the football, and I'll get the job done for you. Final question for you. What have you seen this season from the offensive line? Of course, that was a big storyline going into the season, replacing you know everyone on the right side, including the center. Uh, what have you seen from them just as far as their growth? Well, you know, I, I think at times they've played exceptionally well, given Derek time to find his receivers down the football field. And, you know, and sometimes they do have problems. You know, they come up against a good pass rushing team. Uh, and Derek, you know, I, I can see why sometimes he does have to dump it off and get rid of the ball. But, you know, they've just got to stand firmer, give the quarterback more protection, and, and Derek will find his guys down, uh, open down the field. And, you know, and I'd like to see more of that, that you know, vertical passing game uh, rather than that uh, lateral passing game. How difficult is it for the quarterback to get custom, or not accustomed to the offensive line and allowing them to gel but then trusting them at the same time? Well, you just got to trust them initially, you know. Uh, and if during the, during the course of a game, you know, things break down, the pass rush gets to the quarterback, you know, you know, we all get a little ticked off and, you know, maybe talk to the, <laughs> the lineman in the huddle and say, give me time, I'll get a job done for you if you give me the time to throw the football. There it is right there. That's a great Jim Plunkett. Before I let you go, I, I had a tweet from my guy Robert who said, uh, I met Jim when I was 11 years old in Fresno at an Ag Breakfast Foundation. I'm 41 now. He's still my favorite Raider ever since that day. Can you tell him I said happy birthday? That's from Robert. Well, I, I thank you very much, Robert. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, Jim, we appreciate you each and every week giving us some of your knowledge and giving us some of your time. Uh, Kansas City's a tough team that they'll be taking on this uh, this upcoming Sunday and we'll be talking to you next week and hopefully we're talking about a win. Yeah, yeah looking forward to it. Thank Thanks very much. So that was my conversation right there. I thought that that was a lot of really good stuff. Thought you'd be interested in hearing what he had to say as a guy who's been there in the trenches, man. A guy that's been there in the locker room. A guy that knows what it means to come out of the locker room with your hair on fire. A guy that doesn't settle for, you know, check downs and what the defense is giving them, but instead 
taking what the, the, the Raiders want. You know, that's the Raider way. He mentioned that multiple times, the Raiders way. Not uh, settling for what the defense gives you, but going out there and getting what you want. thought there was a lot of good takeaways right there from Jim Plunkett, so hopefully you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed talking to him on Monday. Coming up in segment number three, what's on your mind? Calls, text, straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That's all on the way. But you realize, man, in life, we're all bound by different things, right? With beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure. You could be bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, it's up to me. I'm at a beach resort. I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar, not in the pool, but at the poolside bar, just chilling, creating my own little taco flight, talking some sports, and of course, I got to have a nice cold beverage in my hand. I'll be as happy as I could be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Well, find out today. Visit Beachbound.com today. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text from Raider Lobo. Unless the Raiders put in Mariota and make offensive line and safety changes, they will not win another game this year. I heard from someone that knows Carr that he's playing bad on purpose so he could be traded. Carr feels the league is out to get the Raiders and they'll continue to lose, so why should he stay? That's from Raider Lobo and... Thank you for the text, my man, but I'll tell you, I don't think that there's a player in the league that is trying to lose. I don't think that there's one player in the league that does not care. And honestly, when you don't go out there and you don't play to the fullest of your potential, normally that's when you get hurt as well. And no player is trying to get hurt. Um, I respect whoever you know that knows Carr or says that they know Carr, but I find it hard to believe that he's not trying. I just don't see it. He's trying to get traded. I think that if anything, he'll retire before he just says that he wants to get traded. But you never know. Maybe he will in the offseason. I don't know. And, and a lot of Raider fans will probably be happy if they were to trade him. Some will be upset. Some will. I don't know. Going back to your initial point, I don't think any player in the league, I'm not being specific to any certain person, there is not one swinging D in the league, in my opinion, that is not trying when they're out there on the field. But thank you for your text. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a call from Joe in Tennessee. He's calling to talk about Monday's podcast, and he had a couple points he wanted to bring up and a couple questions he wanted to ask. Here he is, Joe in Tennessee. Hey, Q, this is uh, Joe from Tennessee here, man. Just got done listening to today's podcast on my route, man, and uh, I hadn't got to watch the game, so I feel like I ought to just delete it. Of course, I'm a glutton for punishment, so, you know, I'm going to have to go home and watch it and get pissed off watching that game, seeing him do what you guys described him doing today. Anyway, uh, true to form, you know, we'll probably go into Kansas City next week uh, and knock them off at home and all of a sudden give us uh, ourselves another glimmer of hope, thinking we may actually be a team. Uh, but we probably know better than that. Anyway, um, it brings me to a couple of points, man, and one of them is this. Uh, you know, I listened to, uh, to what we talked about today, um, and we made the point that, you know, we're not a very good home team. Uh, you know, we start slow every game, but we really are really bad at home. And it made me wonder about what – uh, routines we have when we're at home for the game versus like traveling. So if you know when they go to a road game, you know, they travel on Saturday, they stay in a team hotel, 
uh, and then you know the uh, you know they do their thing. So I wonder what happens at home. Do they have just a time to be there? Uh, do they sit, make them stay in a hotel uh, during home games that might you know maybe give them some regularity, or maybe just too much stress or whatever they're doing at home? And I know it's probably tough to do to try to bring them into one place at home because they're grown men, right? Most of them are going to tell them that focus are crazy. Anyway, I just wondered about that. Uh, and then the other thing, um, I, I hate to say, talk about this, but, you know, we keep saying we have a winning tradition, but I don't know that we have that anymore. I mean, we have a winning history, uh, but Duke made a point today. He was born in 87, and our last championship was in 83. And if I put it by my timeline, I'm eight, I'm 55 years old, been a Raider fan since I was eight, but I was just turning 18 when they won the last Super Bowl and just turned 37 when they were in the last one. So basically it's two generations where we've been pretty bad, give or take a season or two. I'll be following them till the day they bury me, man. I'll always be a diehard Raider fan, but we need to change that history back to what, or that tradition back to what it used to be. Anyway, to uh, appreciate you, man. Uh, go Raiders, just win, baby. There he goes. That's my guy Joe in Tennessee, and thank you for your call, my man, and two really good questions. What is the routine like at home? You know, and, and that is a really good question. They have structure when they're on the road. You know that, but maybe they are a little loose at home. Maybe that's something to ask. In the next media session, I won't be there the rest of the week just because of the way that they have it timed and, and the time I got to be on the radio. But, I mean, I guess that's a question for next Monday, especially depending on what they do in Kansas City this upcoming week. If they come out and they play better against Kansas City and come out a little bit more, you know, on top of things straight out the locker room, maybe that's really a question. Like, okay, so what is the holdup at home? What is the problem? Are they getting a little bit looser at home? I mean, you never know. Again, there could be a lot of more structure on the road because you have to be a certain place. You have to be in your hotel room. You have to be at a certain time. All that good stuff. So uh, that's a really, really good question. But they need to find a way to win at home routinely. You know, and as far as that winning tradition, absolutely, you're right. There is no winning tradition anymore. You know, they used to be winners in every decade. They used to be the most dominant team on Monday Night Football. They used to play well at home. They used to compete for Lombardi's routinely. All that's gone. I mean, they have been to the playoffs one time since their Super Bowl loss to John Gruden. And that's it. One time. So, yeah, there's nobody that can say the Raiders have a winning tradition. Back in the day, they had a winning tradition, but that's nothing that I've seen. You know, I haven't seen that routinely. You haven't seen that routinely. Most people have not seen that routinely. I appreciate all the, you know, the old school Raider fans that call in and could tell us about the glory days. Here's what I found from Dictionary.com. Busy means actively employed, temporarily or habitually. A busy official. Shut up, Siri. Even myself at 45, I can't tell you about the glory days. And that's unfortunate. I hate that. So I don't know why Siri on my phone all of a sudden or my watch decided to go off. She just wants to get in on the conversation sometimes. I don't know. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Next up, I got a text from Raiders fan in San Diego. Hey, Q, first time texted. Thank you for the show. I look forward to it every morning. This game versus the Washington football team was so frustrating. It was like a microcosm of all the team's losses in one. It seemed like the refs were quick to throw a flag against the Raiders and then just looked the other way on what appeared to be illegal contact, if not P.I. against Zay. Card did not play well in the first half or really the entire game. 15 points, that's just not good enough. On the bright side, the defense played well. 
Bring on the Chiefs. Raider Nation for life. Signed Raiders fan in San Diego. And yeah, there was definitely, thank you for the text, first off, and uh, welcome to the show. But yeah, there was definitely some questionable calls. Uh, I said it on Monday that the referees, the officials were not the reason the Raiders lost the game. Uh, that was definitely a PI or a holding or whatever you wanted to call it on that play to Zay Jones. But there were so many plays that the Raiders could have made. And there was a bunch of plays and questionable uh, non-calls that I could say against Max Crosby. He gets them all the time. He never gets holding calls, ever. You know, and then there was a, a, a legal hands to the face on Nate Hobbs on the same play that Max Crosby got called for the illegal hit on the quarterback. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff. And, and that play, and I know to the letter of the law, that probably was the correct call, but that was terrible. And the flag was super late. I mean, there was a lot of bad calls that you can question in a, in a major way on that game. But ultimately, man, like you said, the Raiders scored 15 points, and they could have done a lot better than that, and they didn't. So, yeah, the officials are frustrating at times, but it wasn't on them why the Raiders only scored 15 points. You know what I mean? I mean, the defense held the Washington football team to 17 points. Uh, you should win those games. You should honestly, no doubt about it, win those games. Thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. We'll close out with a call from Joel from the town. He's calling not to talk about the game, but the organization in general, from the front office to the players. Here he is, Joel from the town. Yo, what up, Q? This is Joel from the town. And uh, I just want to talk about, you know, this Raiders organization, you know. And uh, I'm not even mad at the actual team, but I'm mad at the organization where they let us down for 20-plus years. They're struggling to get the right people to lead this organization. That's where they keep pace. And... All that penalty talk and all this blah, 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 and it, that don't mean nothing. They don't execute, and they don't get the proper people to lead this team. They don't get the proper staff, people up in the, people up to higher enough, up, higher, up and higher up. They ain't getting it done. And it's been going on for 20 plus years. And then we end up putting out that type of play where we're trying to win games with field goals. To me, it's the same BS 20-plus years. Our nation, we'll see when they get it right. Later. Thank you so much for the call. That's Joel, and I don't actually think he said from the town. Not sure exactly what you said there, my man, but I definitely appreciate the call, uh, and it's understandable where you're coming from. Honestly, that's got to be the question, right? It's got to be the biggest question. When is it going to get right? You know, I mean, we talk each and every year, and I'll tell you, I fully, 100%, with everything I love, went into this season thinking this is going to be a different year just because of what I witnessed up close and personal. And I just thought, okay, this team looks like they're turning the corner, that they actually got something going on. And it just, well, we all know how it shook out and how it is right now as they're sitting there at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, At some point, man, I don't, I don't know exactly how they do it. I don't know if they've got to go in and just completely reconstruct the front office. That might be what they have to do. Go in and get an actual 100% football mind, change the football structure. I, I don't know. But there's something that's got to be done. I mentioned it a little bit on Monday's show. I think that they've got to get away a little bit from it can only be, you know, Raider ties in the building. And, you know, what I mean, stuff like that. And I know that Mike Mayock doesn't necessarily have Raider ties and he's there. But at the same time, I mean, it's just there's a lot of uh, we got to take care of this guy. We got to make sure we keep this guy in the fold. And that might not be the way that they need to get things done. That might be what's some of the reason of holding them back. I'm not too sure, but whatever they've been doing for the last 20-something years, obviously it hasn't worked. 
So at some point, you've got to change it, right? You got to decide that this ain't working. I got to fix it. You know, I was always told uh, growing up that if you can't change the people around you, then you need to change the people around you. It's kind of the same concept. <laughs> if you can't change what's going on around you, you need to change what's going on around you. I mean, simple as that. I don't know when it's going to come to a head. I don't know when there's going to be the glory days again. But I'll tell you what, I know as a member of Raider Nation, and I know with everyone who calls and texts and listens to the radio show and the podcast, I know Raider Nation is hungry, starving, and ready for change. Get it done. Figure it out. Whatever this hire is going to be, and we'll talk about it. we got plenty of time to talk about who the next guy is going to be. Whatever this hire is going to be, man, knock that thing out the park. Change the damn culture. Make the team a winning team again. Return to glory. Commitment to excellence. Just win, baby. Everything that you always said before, show it. Show what that means. Reward your fan base for all the money that they spend. Reward your fan base for all the faithfulness and the passion that they show behind the team. Going out and getting jerseys. Going out and arguing with other football fans. Cutting for you when the national media is not talking about you the way that, that, that they would like you. I mean, you know, it's just there's so many things that the fan base does. They stay loyal no matter what player is wearing that jersey. They always stay. Raider Nation is always going to be there. Give them a little bit of love back in return. That's all I'm saying. And with that moment, I'm going to go ahead and drop the mic. <laughs> That's going to be it. That's going to be a wrap on today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, of course, we'll have more news and notes of the day. Today is an off day for the Silver and Black, but there'll still be plenty of things to talk about. There'll be, of course, more calls and texts throughout that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. And we'll start to turn the page and start to look forward to week 14 in Kansas City, a matchup, all AFC games the rest of the way. But the first one up on deck, Kansas City Chiefs, who are sitting there in first place in the AFC West. What will the Raiders do against them? We'll start to turn that page, and we'll start to do it on tomorrow's show. So thank you so much, Raider Nation, for all the feedback. Appreciate all the texts, the tweets, the calls. All that is all good. Again, thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms, wherever you find your favorite podcast. So until tomorrow, Rare Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family, and as always, just win, baby.